5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Johnson Show, Philip the Ref Pilkington and B-Baby Ben Byram filling in for the P-Man. We also have intern Abby and intern Noah in the house. Ben, I like the little Don Henley you got going there. Is You know, I'm a huge Eagles fan, even though this is a uh, just Don Henley song. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that uh, it's been the whole, like, this so... We're this far in the summer. I haven't played the song yet. I know, so man. Boys usually Patrick like requires it like once a week. So, hey, man, I love it. Don Henley and I even share a birthday. So even like him, there you go. Yeah, you got so. some ties to him. Yeah, yep. a couple weeks, eleven days away from that. Oh, okay. All right. Is that a little hint for me? A little hint, hint. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But uh, welcome in everybody to the Patrick Johnson Show. Big weekend of sports. And uh, a big week coming up is the Open Championship is right around the corner. That'll lead us right in to the All-Star break. Obviously, we didn't have anything as funny as last week's hot dog eating contest, but some big things did happen. And most notably here in Pirate Country, we'll actually go with the two most notably. Uh, One thing that hasn't happened yet, but we found out will happen, is we want to give a special shout-out to Scott Scooter Rogers that he will be one of the PA announcers in Williamsport, Pennsylvania for this year's Little League World Series. I know he's been doing a PA for a long time over at Elm Street Park, and this is something he has wanted to do for a long time. So congratulations, Scooter. We're really happy for you. I've always wanted to go to Williamsport. That sounds like a really fun time just to go up there. And the fact that he is going to get to uh, PA announce it. However, unfortunately, they're an international team. So good luck to him on uh, doing some of these names. I know I've done some PA announcing and have definitely botched some names over the years. So you're going to throw in these Were you the one that teams. said Ghost Runner? No, I did not game. say Ghost Runner. No, it wasn't Casey either. It was somebody else. Okay. But uh, no, they did make. Uh, he uh, he called Joey Fatante one of our catchers. <laughs> Joey Fatoni, though that that was Casey. Joey Fatoni sounds better. That was that was his big screw up that uh, that Casey did on. So now we're calling Casey out here on air. But you know we like to give our hard time to our former intern Casey Ranieri. So um, the other big thing that happened this weekend, ECU or sorry USA baseball, the collegiate national team. Um, had their first two games, and uh, they played Japan on Friday. And then on Saturday, they took on Italy. And um, Pirate third baseman, well, infielder, I guess, really, because, I mean, he's played yeah, third. He's played short. short. I was going to say, I yeah. should have said third. I, you know, it's mostly AMAC, but yeah. he has played third in his time here. Also um, played um, some second base uh, as well, but uh, and a pitcher. He got to pitch the... It was not the ninth inning. It was the final inning, though. I, maybe we run ruled them here because if my math is correct, they only played seven innings. They only played extra innings. They only played seven innings. No, they won nine to nothing. But anyways, Agnos got his uh, time on the bump. Came out there through an inning, fourteen innings pitch. He did face four batters, letting up one base hit, but he struck out one. Um, that run did not score. No base on balls there. So one strikeout. Once again, four batters faced. So. Congratulations on Agnos getting uh, his first shine in those beautiful red, white, and blue colors on the bump there for Team USA. They're actually playing right now. They unfortunately have to pay for the subscription to the Netherlands Dutch website. Whatever yeah. they call baseball over there. Darren yeah. told us, but I don't know. It was something silly. And I don't, Maybe you Plunker can get the subscription for free, but when you go on the website, it's all in Dutch. So it's really hard to navigate. So from what I understand, based on what USA, the uh, collegiate national team Twitter posted earlier today, you have to like log in and create an account and then you get it for free. But if you can uh, filter through all the Dutch there and get through that, then you're set to go. So if anybody knows Dutch, you're set for the game. I mean, I guess Google Translate. I know that the ECU professors who teach foreign languages do not want to hear those words. There's their least favorite words, Google Translate. I mean, it does. But it for this, I mean, when off. it's just basic things like username, password, and it's in Dutch, I mean, hey, maybe you can get on there and tune in. So they're playing right now. Uh, I haven't seen any updates on what is going on. But um, other big news that uh, kind of struck this week uh, reported by – I believe it was, you said it was CBS Sports, right? That Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports. Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports reported 
that ACC teams would have to pay $500 million to get out. There's a lot of ACC teams reportedly wanting to go to the SEC. Uh, don't remember everyone off the top of my head. Clemson, Florida State, Carolina, a Miami, few of those. Yep. Miami, yeah. So did a little research. Um, couldn't find any real new articles on what SEC teams make each year from the conference, but there was a USA article posted back in 2020 that said – In the year 2019, the SEC members made 45.3 million off TV deals. So that what that tells me is that it would take them like 12 years almost to pay off that 500 million. Now, obviously, they've got some money. The SEC would maybe help them out, but that is a lot of money to try and pay out to leave a conference. Now, also, they would have to pay the SEC. They would have to pay the entry fee. Don't know exactly what that is. But that's something we've seen with, you know, just teams here and believe in the American and coming into those teams having to pay the entry fees as well as the exit fees. Now, if these conferences do kind of what I think they might do and break off from the NCAA, they may make some more money. They won't be getting as much money withheld from them by, you know, the corrupt NCAA. And, you know, this is something that maybe they would be able to afford to pay out. But $500 million is a lot. And if they do leave, what does that mean for the ACC? Because it looks like the ACC could be one of those conferences that kind of folds. But, hey, man, if you're getting six members roughly to pay you yeah. $500 million a piece, man, you're looking at $3 billion yeah. right there. You should be able to get whoever you want to come in. You can pay them to come in. Well, my big question is, is I, obviously there's some legit big schools in the ACC, but, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that's hefty for some SEC schools to dish out $500 million. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, some of these schools just can't match that entry fee. Like, what comes to mind right now, maybe Clemson, but I even think that's a stretch for them to kind of dish out $500 million to join the SEC unless there's some outside funding going on or maybe get a loan or something. I'm not going to get the financials of it, but what are these schools? Miami, Florida State, it's tough for me to see them getting or coming up with $500 million. Maybe that's a little bit of a stretch on my part. Maybe I'm underestimating them, but it seems like – a lot to just dish out out of nowhere, especially when you got to pay an exit fee. Yeah, well, most athletic programs are in the red each year, and that's because you know it costs money to fly your girls' tennis team, you know, eight hundred yeah. miles away. Yeah, absolutely. Because conferences are not regionalized. Um, you know, it's not the old days of the Southwest Conference when you had eight teams and seven of them were in the state of Texas. Um, but. That's part. You guys are distracting me, and they're laughing and goofing off. I'm having a thought, and I'm over there. We're not doing anything. I'm sitting here listening. Yeah. Um, But um, what's my point here? Yeah. But anyway, so sorry. So the point is, a lot of athletic programs are in the red every year. So I don't know how they're going to have this money. But my guess is, if any two ACC schools had the funding to do some such thing, I would put Carolina first because Jordan would maybe be into throwing some money that way. Absolutely. Is that allowed though? Well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. That, that's but, where it gets kind of tr- – maybe we need to get somebody in later in the week who can kind of clarify that yeah. kind of deal, but it, it, it's a whole lot of navigating ins and outs. I mean, I guess the if they want to donor, if they're donors, they yeah. can donate how much ever money they want, but I don't know. Yeah, and people and laugh then, when I said loans. I, it does not surprise me if they, they have to get a loan from – it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's happened before. People have done it, especially these bigger schools that meet these fees. I mean, it's – not as silly as you think. Yeah, they could use their stadium as collateral yep. as a loan. <laughs> but um, the other thing, the other school I thought maybe would have the money would be Miami. And I know that doesn't sound as sexy. Because, because of the recent success. Yeah. yeah, because but just because, you know, they were the ones that always got in trouble for these donors giving these guys Rolexes. Yeah, they still get the money. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and there are so many high-up rich business guys that live in that Miami area. Now, are they all Miami grads? Not necessarily. When you talk about richest market in the ACC, it's I would say it's definitely the Miami market, and you could definitely talk some, maybe some big investors yeah. into doing some of your loan work there, so you don't have to get loans from the you know from the bank. Yeah, that's a good point because we talk about, or I specifically I talked about the heavy hitter of the ACC that might have a possibility of joining and not having a problem with that fee is Clemson, but Clemson, South Carolina. I mean, not really marquee there when it comes to region or location as opposed to a Miami market there where, I mean, you have money pretty much built in in that market right there if you just throw a team there. So Yeah, Clemson is a college town. Miami yeah. City, they bought yeah. the college in the middle yeah. of. And then also, I mean, I'm sure there are just – I mean, I don't really know where a lot of celebrities went to school, but I can't think of, like, any big-name, you know, like 
alumni that went to Clemson. Yeah. Just write, like, like billionaires that can write Miami checks. has The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Miami's I mean, the, the biggest movie star in the world. Yeah, uh, and like I said, obviously, you know, Carolina's got Michael Jordan, so that kind of speaks for itself. There, yeah. Not that he's going to front 500 mil. But I mean, he's going to be an investor for sure, I would yeah. think. I mean, if, he, if that's something he's interested in or wants to well, put his money sees, into. If he sees the ACC, he's going to fold. Uh, he definitely cares a lot about that school. Everything he's done, ceiling in is the my roof. opinion, pretty, yeah, ceiling's the roof, baby. But um, he does, uh, you know, he likes to throw a lot of money at that athletic program. But um, moving on, um, kind of like going, foreshadowing, I should say, the tail end of the week. The Open Championship starts at the old course at St. Andrews, the first ever golf course that was built back in, I can't remember what year, 15-something, don't have the year here. Um had played the Open there in 99, and I know they've played there one time since. Can't remember. I know Tiger won at 99. That's when he can he completed his career Grand Slam. Can't remember the other year. I know I could have looked it up. I forgot. I'm sorry. But right now, Roy McIlroy is the odds-on favorite at 9-1, to according to CBSSports.com, to win, win the Open. The four-time major champion has not won a major since the 2014 PGA Championship. <laughs> yeah, so eight yeah. years. Uh, I guess in August will be eight years back. You know, PGA was played in August up until a couple of years ago, and they you, revamped um, the schedule. But um, yeah, I um, a little shocking there that Roy's the favorite. Uh, some of the he's nine to one. Uh, Xander Schauffele, John Rahm, both at fourteen. World's number one, Scotty Scheffler, who did not play well at all at the U.S. Open a few weeks ago, missed the cut. He is at sixteen to one, along with Jordan Spieth, who I believe is a He's a two-time Open champion, or just one? Trying to go off the dome here. I know he won. Jordan Spieth is kind of like Roy McIlroy. When during that era, they were kind of flashing the pan guys, where they were kind of the biggest names in the sport, and then they just kind of trailed off there. So yeah, I have no idea, but I know Spieth had an unbelievable run. Um, very well possible. I could see two Open championships for yeah, him. I, I want to say Monty only won one here. I guess I could be. Either way, I don't think it's that important. Yeah. yeah. But um, so some guys that were I wouldn't say has beens, but guys like you said that. First on the scene looks like they're going to be the future. I mean, they still are big names in golf. They're, they finish near the top every once in a while in some yeah, pretty big but, events. I mean, but, you thought these yeah. were going to be the guys contending for majors. They every were going to take the reins from Tiger and keep it going. I mean, they even yeah. gave Rory like Tiger's video game for yeah. like yeah for a little bit. Yeah, the, um, 2015 was the only year that um, that Spieth won the Open. So he is a three-time major. Or sorry, 2017 he won his two other majors: the Masters in 2015, uh, the U.S. Open in 2015 as well. Um, PGA's the only one he hasn't won. Should have, should be a two-time major champion if he didn't hit the ball in the water twice on the same hole. He could have won two Masters there back-to-back years. But uh, we will quit blabbing you with boring golf that hasn't started yet. Not that golf is boring, but before it started, um, we'll definitely have more on that later in the week. We're trying to get Brian Mull on if we can work out time with him, as well as uh, obviously we'll be talking about it a lot on Thursday and Friday as play will have wrapped up by that point on Thursday and Friday here. But... Up next, we're going to talk to Jim Zoki, a media member for the Carolina Panthers. Talk to him about this whole Baker deal, some battles going on with the offensive line, and more on the other side of this timeout. on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station for the ECU Pirates. Your vehicle packs a load of safety features to protect you in an accident. At North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance, it's our job to protect you just as well after an accident. With fast claim service from local agents, our auto coverage is a lot like an airbag. We hope you never need to use it, but we're right there and ready just in case you do. North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance, helping you is what we do best. In Greenville, contact your local Farm Bureau agent for a quote for your car, home, life, or your health. You'll be working with neighbors you can trust. People like Lynn Sugg, Justin Batts, or Austin Shackelford today. These agents are dedicated to protecting your family and your dreams. These Farm Bureau agents are knowledgeable in a wide range of insurance products, but they are tuned in to the Greenville community. Again, contact Lynn Sugg, Justin Batts, or Austin Shackelford today at Farm Bureau Insurance in Greenville at 252-756-3165. That's 252-756-3165. North Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Farm Bureau Insurance and North Carolina Inc. Southern Farm Bureau Electrons Company, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. 
and sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. Eight hundred nine one eight seven one six nine. That's 800-918-7169. Dogwood State Bank is changing the landscape of community banking. That term community banking is not just a catchy slogan for Dogwood State Bank. They're really defining what it means to bank local. Big banks may want big business, but Dogwood State Bank wants your business, no matter what size. At Dogwood State Bank, your business is big business. Come to Dogwood State Bank and you'll see the difference. Dogwood State Bank with offices in Greenville, Moorhead City, Wilmington, Raleigh, Sanford, and Charlotte. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. Cat Scratch Fever's playing. You know what that means. We have Jim Zoki on. Philip Pilkington, Ben Byram filling in for the P-Man. Jim, we know it is very busy going on in Charlotte right now with all the moves going on with the Carolina Panthers. We thank you for joining us. How you doing, Jim? Doing good. Hope everybody's good out there. Oh, we're wonderful. We're wonderful. Uh, enjoying a little bit of rain, which I heard you guys have been getting as well, which is much needed here. Our grass was getting a little brown, and we are getting really excited for Panther football. Yeah, I mean, as you said, the Baker Mayfield news popped up last week, and that's obviously been an injection of energy. And regardless how particular fans may view it or think about it, uh, it looks like something that's going to be making the Panthers a lot more interesting come training camp in about two and a half weeks. Yeah, it definitely will. And one of the things I've kind of, you know, thought about with this whole thing, it's a very crowded QB room. You know, there was a lot of talk on draft night about trading for Baker. Obviously, it didn't fall, it didn't go through. I um I really liked the Matt Corral deal, but is the team you know where were they thinking kind of getting when they drafted Corral did they think there was no chance at getting Baker because now like we said there's there's three quarterbacks that could potentially be starters in this league all in one room. Yeah, I think you know good go back to Matt Corral for a minute. I think with a third round pick, I, I think they view him, and I won't say like as a red shirt, but uh, I think they'd be fine if he never had to play this season except to get some experience to be more of a long-term play. So for this year, I mean, to me, I think it's going to be Baker Mayfield, first of all. So it's going to be Baker Mayfield. There, there doesn't seem to be any indication that they're going to trade Sam Darnold or that there's a market for Sam Darnold. So I think he's the number two quarterback. And then, you know, with Matt Corral, I mean, you've got a chance there to uh, probably make him inactive on a lot of uh, Sundays at first. And then as the season progresses through those 17 weeks of the regular season, and maybe at some point he becomes the number two guy if you like his progress. So really the guy that's out because you would never keep four quarterbacks on the roster is is probably P.J. Walker. So And he's got a one-year deal that they re-upped with him this year. So I think that um, you know P.J. probably out of all those guys, unless somehow they do have an injury or need to move Sam, that, that, that P.J. is probably the guy that's on the outside looking in. So we've had a lot of um, talk here, as I'm sure you guys have down there in the Queen City, about, you know, does Baker bring anything that Sam Darnold doesn't bring? And I think there's a lot, but um, you cover this team more closely. You cover the NFL more closely. Just kind of what were your initial thoughts on what we gave away for Baker, which luckily was next to nothing? And, uh, you know, what do you think that he brings? Or, you know, or are you on the other side and you believe that Sam Darnold, you know, kind of is the same as, as Baker Mayfield? I think, you know, uh, you're right as far as the first part of it. You know, what they gave up was uh, was minimal for a guy that will probably be your starting quarterback this whole season. And again, he's like uh, Sam is on a one-year deal for about $19 million. Is uh, that you gave up, a, if he plays a lot, a fourth-round pick in 2024. And if he doesn't uh, play 70% of the snaps, it's a fifth-round pick. And then uh, the money, obviously, was uh, less than $5 million. So uh, that's, that's, again, 
These guys are making almost $20 million a season. They only pick up about a quarter of his salary for this season. Uh, it was a terrific bargain at, at this stage. I think they played that part of it well, playing the waiting game. What he brings to me is the guy's had some success in this league, getting to the postseason, winning a playoff game. You know, Cleveland was very good two years ago. They were 11-5. and five. Uh, Last year they were not awful. They were 8-9. and nine. He played with a shoulder surgery issue on his left side that he had to deal with, obviously, this past offseason. Uh, but obviously he was not as good. He does throw a lot of interceptions. Uh, but what he does do that's in a positive sense is obviously it brings a lot more fire. You just turn on some highlights and see some things on TV, and you just see what he brings in terms of the intensity, some of those leadership things, which, again, may or may not be positives because it didn't work well uh, all the time with, say, Odell Beckham Jr. and, and some other players in Cleveland. Uh, but uh, definitely brings a, a very competitive outward uh, shine to what he does. So I think it's, you know, to me, he, he throws a good ball when he's healthy. He can throw it deep down the field. He can push it down the field. Again, if he does anything, he's probably push it too much. You get interceptions. Whereas I think Sam's play in terms of just his style, uh, even his personality are more conservative. So I think the fans will enjoy it, and I think it'll be a lot more exciting, but they have to be prepared for the fact that he was available for a reason. Cleveland went after Deshaun Watson for a reason. Is that, uh, to me, just kind of looking big picture, I view Baker as being basically an average quarterback in this league when you round out his ups and downs, whereas Sam has not even been as good as average in four years in the league, and for that reason it's an upgrade. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I've been big on the Baker over Sam at least. But uh, you know, you brought up the kind of the some of the issues in Cleveland. Odell Beckham Jr. I didn't touch on big. Um, are you worried at all about this locker room and Baker Mayfield, particularly with a guy like Robbie Anderson? I'm not worried about really any of it because of the fact that he's not here on a long-term contract, and I think that's the beauty of it is you bring him in and say it's a resurrection in his career. It becomes more like how he envisioned it, being the first pick in the draft. So then you can start filling out the pieces around, constructing around Baker Mayfield. And if he comes in and he's just okay, and you're, you kind of see what Cleveland saw, that he's not worth that next big contract as he enters free agency, and he doesn't have a sense of loyalty to stay here at that point, then it's like, it doesn't really matter. So I, I think Robbie will be a good teammate. I think when he made maybe some of his Twitter comments, like the no, and that kind of thing that he kind of uh, you know bounced back on, I, I think that was more about, you know, he wasn't on this team. I think once you become teammates with somebody, you completely obviously change your tone. It's, it's for nobody's benefit uh, to be a rip. I don't think he's got any personal beef with Baker. He's just, you know, Robbie's a guy who's on, who had been this offseason until about two weeks ago, very active uh, on social media and Twitter in particular with comments and even to the point where people are asking him during OTAs and minicamp, are you retiring? Because he put out a tweet that he deleted about uh, talking about retirement. So, I think Robbie's, you know, kind of put some stuff out there on the edges that maybe he had to walk back a little bit, and uh, I wouldn't read too much into really anything as a tweet as opposed to what's actually going to happen as far as being football players and being teammates. Jim, uh, Ben here, just shifting over from the quarterback battle to one of the more interesting battles that people I don't think are buying to, into more than they should or they're not buying enough into is the uh, left tackle battle going on right now between Icky and Brady Christensen. I think a lot of that is because – Matt Rule has fueled that kind of conversation a little bit, saying that Brady Christensen might have a future at left tackle and he might be starting at left tackle during the season. What's kind of the update from what you've heard or seen from minicamp on Icky versus Brady Christensen? Is it, is it possible that at week one against the Browns, Icky is not starting at left tackle and Brady Christensen is? Not if they're healthy. If they're healthy, it's, it's going to be Icky at left tackle. You drafted him for a reason, and I, you're not doing him any favors by, by – sitting him or not playing him at his yep. at that position and moving him to guard. So I think a more likely scenario would be Brady Christensen competing with Pat Elfline at left guard. But I, I believe everyone will get rotations at training camp. It's what you do. And you know, they're big on versatility of linemen that can play two positions. If you're a tackle, you play guard. If you're a guard, you play center and so forth. I, I think that's going to end up shaking out. That, you know, Icky, they, they, they drafted him that high as the first offensive player in the draft, let alone lineman. Uh, for a reason that's a stick him at left tackle. Uh, another question I have in terms of development of certain players, when you look, look specifically at second-year guys coming into this season, Terrace Marshall was a guy that was highly touted coming out of the draft. I thought it was a little bit of a questionable pick, but it makes sense size-wise. The Panthers the last couple of years have had issues in the red zone scoring. He's a big guy that can get you a touchdown there in the end zone if you target him. 
Has there been any work in minicamp so far in any development or any word on how they're going to scheme Terrace Marshall this year, get him involved in the offense? And will he potentially be that next red zone threat that Panthers desperately need outside of maybe beginning of the year we had Dan Arnold, it seems like, or Christian McCaffrey the last couple of years? Yeah, just to talk, yeah, just to talk specifically red zone, yeah, I thought early in his rookie season, Tommy Tremble at tight end. Absolutely, yeah. Some, you know, some things that he could do, and I don't know why, but they got away from Tommy Tremble being uh, used more there. And honestly, Ian Thomas is back, and to me, Ian has yet to even scratch the surface of what the expectation is. I don't know that he can even be any better than he is, but he's not, he's not showing it. Uh, but Tommy Tremble, I think, had a, had a bigger upside. But I think Marshall, and I think now, especially with Baker here, Having Richard Higgins as a bigger wide receiver who was a, a Cleveland Brown for four years uh, has a you know good you hope chemistry going back with Baker they had one in Cleveland hopefully that would pick up here and probably might have even been a kind of a side note reason why they they, they felt comfortable bringing Baker and I think those two guys you know Marshall should improve this year you know he dealt with you know just last year just being injured right away coming out of training camp and not getting reps on the field they changed offensive coordinators obviously with. Joe Brady during the later stages of the season. So I think that um, those two, those couple, three guys I just mentioned, they're Trumbull and uh, Terrace Marshall, Richard Higgins can do that. And to some degree, Brandon Zilstra, I mean, he got some reps late in the year. And Absolutely. He's not going to light a fire under anybody, but those are all guys that can kind of fill the bill uh, in terms of just rotation if that could do that. Shifting over to the defense, I think another interesting battle is going on, or interesting dynamic or position group on the defense is the uh, edge rusher, specifically the defensive line. You had a guy like Matt Ioannidis who's had success with the football team, as we call him, but uh, had some injury issues. I think he's a guy that could be a really good defensive tackle in this league, but of course I've brought up injuries there. And then you have a guy in Yitor Grosmatos who's been an edge rusher who has had his ups and downs here in Carolina. What does their development look like? And if, is there any word that maybe we can potentially look at late free, free agency here, adding some guys before training camp, or are we just running with the uh, with that position group as it is right now? And uh, what's the current word on the development of that uh, that area of the field? Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, Brian Burns is, is the guy that, as far as the edge, is, is the star guy yeah. uh, with Hassan Reddick gone. But, uh, you know, this is year three for Yitor Grossmatos, and he has shown flashes of being very productive. Again, another guy who his first year was injured and had COVID and uh, dealt with actually you know, multiple kind of nagging injuries that would cost him three, four weeks at a time. So this is the stage where you hope you know, Yitor grows up and uh, becomes that guy more on a regular basis. I like him. I, I like the potential. I like that he's added weight to his frame uh, over his a couple years here. So I, I think he's he's kind of primed to get that. And he'll have first crack at that. And, you know, Marquise Haynes, they brought back again, who's part of that rotational guys that uh, are here and can certainly add something to that position, too. So you know, those are a couple of examples of what they'll have there. I think you mentioned uh, Ioannidis. You know, I think he has a big year for Derek Brown on the inside when you look yeah. at the, four, the front four. You know, Derek Brown came in, I thought, played really well at times as a rookie and seemed to take some steps back as far as what they viewed, what he was doing out there. Uh, and then Brabian Roy and, and Davion Nixon kind of round out kind of, out of that front four rotation at defensive tackle. But to your last part of it, yeah, if they get into camp, you know, they've kind of looked at certain veterans at times as they brought in this offseason as possibilities. Um, if, if they're going to make a move, like somebody gets cut kind of thing, and, and you know, sometimes you have your cut down and right at the end before the regular season, you bring in a veteran. I, I would think that would be probably the first position I would uh, imagine that they would try to fill with that. One more quick question for you. This one's a little bit of a fun one. It's it's open for you. I mean, there's no wrong answer here, but um, guys that are kind of flying on the radar that you think are going to be very impactful for the Panthers coming up this season. I think it, to me, uh, he's not. I don't think listed as a starter anywhere, but they brought him back again with another contract. Is Frankie Louvu? Yeah. I feel like whenever he plays, he plays well. And to me, I think again, we'll see what they end up doing with their outside of Shaq Thompson with. Damian Wilson, Corey Littleton, and so forth. I think Frankie Louvu is that is, is one of those guys for sure uh, that should be ready to ascend and, and just get more playing time. I think he's shown it on special teams. I, I think when given the chance to play linebacker more often, I, I think he certainly has been that guy. So to me, as far as a guy that's kind of you know, been here briefly, that could step up. I, I think he's certainly one of those guys. We mentioned Terrace Marshall. I think this is his opportunity, along with Detroit Gross Models, to kind of emerge as far as guys that are here that could step up and do a little bit more. And I know it's crowded in the secondary because they've got a lot of talent back there, but they seem to like Miles Hartfield a lot 
so he's a guy that, again, may not be a starter per se, but uh, him and uh, C.J. Henderson have an opportunity here in kind of a, another season to show what they can do uh, behind the guys that are listed as the starters in the defensive secondary. Well, I love to hear that, Jim, because I'm a big Frankie Louvu guy. So we really appreciate your time, everybody. This is Jim Zoki with us. He just joined us on the P-Man Show. Uh, thanks for joining us, Jim, man. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, there he goes. When we come back, Ben and I will break down the all-star rosters for the 2022 MLB All-Star Game and give you our snubs, the guys we thought we were snubbed from the game itself or from the starting lineup. Here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Matt Murchison here at Greenville Nissan. I'm along with Scotty Turner. And we got a star. And that's that all-new Nissan Pathfinder. It's amazing technology. Totally redesigned. Has a great V6 twin-turbo engine in it. Awesome ride. Great feel. Comes in available in four-wheel drive as well. Has a panoramic sunroof in it. You have heated and cooled seats, memory seats. A great ride. Again, you can fit seven adults comfortably in this vehicle. It's a great option for a third-row SUV. As Matt's pointing out, the all-new 22 Nissan Pathfinder third-row seat SUV. Great for your family. Folks, this is a great time. If you're looking for a third row seat SUV, we just got a truckload in this weekend. Seven to choose from. We even got that beautiful Boulder Gray uh, Platinum Edition. We just got that in. Folks, we believe in a transparent transaction with you. We give you the most money we ever, ever have for trade-ins right now. So if you're looking to get rid of your vehicle, your SUV for an updated model, this has all the technology that you need. Check us out at Greenville Nissan and GreenvilleNissan.com where we drive the service. If you live in Eastern North Carolina, then you know it's the best boating in the world right here. Why not have the exact boat you want? Now you can customize and design your own boat with Pair Customs in Washington. Pair Customs builds Pair Custom boats. You can customize your boat with no more and no less of what you want and how you want it built. Pair Customs builds six different models from 21 to 27 feet. Brian Pair and his team will build your boat the exact way you want it with superb craftsmanship t-tops towers no tops front seats back seats no seats no problem want a specialized top for cobia fishing or sight casting no problem your family will love your new pair custom boat made by pair customs in washington check out pairmarine.com or come see them at 106 tar heel drive in washington pair customs dedicated to building a superior product at an affordable price If you want the best steak in Eastern North Carolina, then remember this name. The Seahorse Steakhouse, 2301A Stantonsburg Road in Greenville. They serve USDA prime ribeyes aged 50 days, cooked to perfection by Crystal. The Seahorse Grill Master, guaranteed to be tender and juicy. The Saturday Night Prime Rib is an experience you'll never forget. It's the most flavorful, tender piece of beef you'll ever eat. Delicious is an understatement. You're sure to leave full and satisfied. But if you have room to spare, a generous slice of one of their homemade cakes will take care of that. So the next time you want a really good steak in a relaxed family atmosphere, remember the home of Daddy's Steaks and Mama's Cakes. The Seahorse Steakhouse, Stantonsburg Road, Greenville. Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back into the Patrick Johnson Show, everybody. Philip the Ref Pilkington and B-Baby Ben Byram filling in for the P-Man. We also have intern Noah and intern Abby in today, so we appreciate their help as well. We thank Jim Zoki for joining us earlier, getting all the latest on the Panthers, including the Baker-Mayfield trade. Now we are going to go into the MLB All-Star Game. Ben and I are going to give you our snubs off the roster. So um, all the starters had been already previously named. They got backups. We're not going to go through the whole list because there are plenty of players on these rosters. Um, But just quick opening thoughts on this. Um, 
Ben, who was your kind of – is there any snub guy or from the starting lineup or anybody from, you know, they're just from the game in general that you think kind of got hosed out of this? So when we were thinking about this, one guy that came to mind more so the starting lineup aspect of it, I saw Paul Goldschmidt made it as a first base. But other people argue for me, Paul Goldschmidt is legit. He's got a good glove, you know. Um, just been a, been in the MVP race for the past couple of years. I would argue Pete Alonzo probably deserved to be a starter this year. Um, he's definitely in the MVP conversation. You argue he's maybe third right now in the NL. Um, I mean, killing it for the uh, Mets right now, who are just red hot. Uh, I believe the leader in the home runs for that team. Uh, the fact that Pete Alonzo wasn't a starter as a first baseman really just kind of struck a nerve with me. And, uh, yeah, that that was the first one that came to mind for me. Was, so, um, so I guess here's the my one little argument with that would be they kind of like to have the best pitchers go against the best hitters. Yeah, and Peter Paul Goldsmith is batting three forty. Yeah, I believe that might be first in the MLB in average. Yeah, and you know, not to take anything away from Alonzo, but yeah, I would rather see, I guess, the better bat, the guy who's going to give you a better matchup with the pitcher. I mean, heck, Alonzo, if my computer would load a little faster here, is batting two seventy three, so he's batting 70 points lower yeah. than Goldie. Yeah. And, look, I understand defense is a part of this thing, but uh, I'm going to disagree with you there. I right, Look, here, this is my point of content with you. Mets are number one in the NL East, which is really ramping up to be a tough division as we get into the all-star stretch. Cardinals also in a very tough division, but the Mets right now the better team record-wise. Pete Alonso has been the anchor for that team, had some clutch hits this year. I believe he also leads in RBIs for the Mets as well as home runs. I thought it was a no-brainer for sure. And another guy who really stood out to me as a snub, if we're looking at the AL in terms of pitchers, was our Carlos Rodon who was an ace for the White Sox right now. I believe he's actually on the Giants. I, I know he – yeah, I believe he's on, on the, the Giants. Giants yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, through 17 starts, two uh, 2.7 ERA, um, 124 strikeouts. Um, I mean, how can you not have this guy in the NL as a starter? Specifically, let me look at the starters here for the NL. Um, I know the AL had some questionable ones, uh, some guys that were kind of first-timers who uh, you've probably never heard of before. When I look at the NL here, you got Clayton Kershaw, uh, you got the guy from the Marlins, Corbin Burns, Luis Castillo, Max Freed. So I think the biggest knock against Carlos Rodon was just he had cup, tough competition when it comes to the NL, but I think he definitely deserved a nod, even if it's as a reserve. No, I agree with you. So my uh, my kind of one of my guys, and you're not going to like this because I'd have been okay with him over Pete Alonso. One of my guys that I would think kind of got snubbed position player wise was Josh Bell. Bell's Absolutely. RBIs aren't that high because look what team he's on. But, I mean, he's got a solid glove. He's batting over 300. Um, he's got 12 dingers. Um, he hit three of them in one game. Um, yeah, 47 RBIs. You know, he's he's hitting the ball well. He's hitting for average. He's hitting for decent power. Uh, he's got two triples, and, you know, he's a little uh, – a little bigger than he used to be on top of being a first baseman. Him and Pete Alonso have, I believe it's like the exact same fielding percentage. I think it's one one-thousandth of a point different. Yeah. So uh, Josh Bell was my position player that I thought kind of got snubbed. And then my pitcher was, I believe his last name is Cease, but Dylan Cease or Dylan Sice, something like that from the White Sox. This guy in 92 innings has struck out 133 batters. Yeah, that's and insane. He has an ERA of 2.45. There are guys that got in with a worse ERA than he did. Um, one of them is the uh, A's Paul Blackburn, which I understand each team has to have a pitcher, or each team, I'm sorry, has to have a player, and I think that's the sole reason he got in. He was the only athletics player to get in. But he his ERA is 3.36. He only has 73 strikeouts. He's 6-4, and four, but that's not bad. Um, the only knock really on Cease is the fact that um, he's walking like four guys every nine innings. Yeah, that would do it, though. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is he's keeping his hits down, though, and walks don't kill you if the guy doesn't get a hit right after you put a guy on. Yeah. And he's only letting up six hits every nine innings. So um, I kind of like that. So he was my big snub as far as as far as far players go, actually getting our pitchers. That's a real under-the-radar guy right there. Yeah, like he really one. is. Yeah. You don't hear much about him, but um, – 
really, and like I said, he's doing it. White Sox are, you know, doing decent. Yeah, I think uh, they're like a couple games sub 500 in a yeah, top they're, division. They're so, okay. Yeah, they're so. okay. But my, uh, my starter snub, and this is the one that I think, this is unfortunately where the fans voted for the starters. They always go for biggest stars. And they go for biggest stars. And Shohei at 245 as the DH, when your reserve DH is um, Jordan Alvarez, who's batting, if this my computer would load, who's batting 306 with 26 homers and OPS is over 1,000. And he's not starting at the DH yeah. position? Yeah. Like, how is he not starting there yeah. over, you know, Shohei, who's like, I mean, I'm not trying to think, take anything away from Shohei. He's a great player. But he already made it as a pitcher, rightfully so. Yeah. But you're going to put him in as a pitcher and then also put him in batting 245. I think he's got a solid amount of dingers. Um, let me look it up real quick. Um, but still, I would, yeah, I would have taken Alvarez over. But, again, you know, this he's got 19 homers. Obviously, he probably doesn't get as many plate appearances as Alvarez. But, you know, that's where it kind of stinks where the fans vote. You know, I like that the fans vote. But then when you got a guy who, like I said, he's batting 245, he's, you know, like the face of baseball right now, gets a start over a guy who's on a team that everybody hates just solely because things the organization has done, not necessarily things that he has done. Yeah. And he gets snubbed up. That was my big one kind of, if I had to go to you know go to bat for any of these things snub whether it be starter actual player um I, that that's my big one well look um this has kind of been my big problem with all-star games in general whether it's the pro bowl whether it's the NHL all-star game MLB NBA whatever the case may be NBA has been better than the other leagues I would say by far when it comes to selection but um th- th- that's the problem with the fan vote and just kind of the all-star game in general is that uh, even the executives and the guys that vote, uh, the coaches, the players, buy too much into the stars. Uh, they want stars at these games, obviously, and I think that's where it really hinders the guys that actually deserve to be there. But at the end of the day, you want to sell tickets for a fan event like that, and uh, it makes sense that Shohei would be there because he's literally the face of baseball right now. I don't think there's a player bigger in baseball right now or more of a household name than Shohei. You could probably bring up maybe like Mike Trout or Bryce Harper, but Shohei's going out there. He's a sensation. Cornell Powell, who came in here last week before the show, I think we were literally starting the show, and he was still talking about how much he loves Shohei. Um, he's a guy that doesn't watch baseball and knows Shohei Atani is. So that was one of those deals. It's a fan vote. He's the face of baseball. They need people in the seats. I don't necessarily love it, but I get it. But, yeah, I wish we can get away from that. It's kind of what killed the Pro Bowl a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the one thing I'll say, and I think what it is, it's to get the casual fans watching. Because here's the deal. The super fans like me, the moderate fans like you, are going to tune into the All-Star game, especially those first couple innings when you know it's the true ace on the mound going against the starting lineups. Because these other guys who maybe not be international, or I shouldn't say international, household names, those guys are still names to people who watch like us, and we're okay to see that matchup. But we were going to tune in regardless. So I guess I, I do understand your point where you want to get more of the casual viewership Obviously, butts are going to be in season. Especially I mean, baseball. All star, all star baseball tickets are the hardest tickets to get. Um, as far as all star, maybe the NBA, I don't know, but um, it's definitely easier, harder to get in the Pro Bowl. I think it's harder in the NHL too, um, as far as price. So, I guess it is good that they're getting those, you know, those casual fans because when you get those casual fans to watch, they will then, hey, you know what? Maybe I should start watching baseball a little yeah. more. We're down the stretch. It's late in the season. I mean, the All-Star break does not split the season in half. Everybody's played at least 81 games by now. Teams will be flirting with 90. Some of them will have already played 90 by that time. There's only going to be 70 games to go. And, uh, you know, the trade deadline will be coming up. I'm sure the uh, announcers will make a good point to talk about that. So I think you're right. You know, it it stinks, but it's important because at the end of the day, you need a product and – your super fans will always be there, but how you keep a product going is is reeling the casual fans into more events. Yep. That's how you make it bigger than the other sports. I think really what it comes down to, the reason why the NFL is the biggest, there are more casual NFL fans than any other sport. Yeah. You know, whereas there's probably the same amount of super fans to the NFL as there is hockey, you know, basketball, baseball, but 
that's kind of what it comes down to. That's what sets you apart from other leagues. So it is important. It's good for the sport. But, you know, it's, it's, I'm with you. It stinks that it's turned that way. It's the same reason I hate the Super Bowl halftime show. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. if these guys, and I won't go on too long rant, are on a business trip. And the fact that you make halftime longer than 12 minutes is not fair to them. Yeah. But they don't care. They just want, you know, the casual, you know, college girl to tune in to watch the weekend. Yeah. Like, I don't care about watching the weekend. Make the stupid halftime 12 minutes and move on. Yeah. And, and, um, and that that's kind of the big problem, but it's something you can't avoid. And um, I think, actually, it might be a good thing for baseball, just getting those stars, like you said. It gets fans in, teats, it gets, in seats. It gets the casual fans engaged. You get a guy like Shohei as opposed to a guy who uh, a lot of people that are diehard baseball fans are saying is a huge snub this year in, Mar- in the Mariners' tie France. Oh, look, I'm a moderate baseball fan. I have no, no idea who Ty France is. I'm not going to pay to go see Ty France. I'm sorry. That's just the reality of the situation. I think he low-key was a snub, though. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm not saying yeah. he's not. I'm just yeah. saying that's just the nature of baseball or the nature of the all-star game in general is the fact that you want the biggest stars in those seats. And uh, Ty France ain't selling any tickets outside of maybe a couple Mariners fans. And is the Mariners even doing well in attendance? I don't think so. So, I mean, yeah, let's leave it at that. I don't know. They're winning games, though, at least right now. They've been creeping their way with the thing i got one more question about this though. okay yeah don't mean to cut you off but uh a guy that you're really intrigued in on the braves as a catcher a ba- i believe he was a backup catcher for the braves yeah and william Contreras uh made it as a starter uh he got in because somebody else got hurt i don't have the name i think bryce harper got hurt as a dh so uh william Contreras is playing uh do you feel like he belongs there as a backup catcher who has been great this year in his role um, does he? I, I haven't kept up with the guy. Does he just belong on this All Star so, roster as a starter? For what he's hitting for a guy who doesn't play every day, yeah. You know, guys who don't play every day usually have worse averages. Yeah, he's hitting very well. Um, I wouldn't say he's undeserving by any means. Yeah, but when you're already kind of finessing it to put some stars in there, and you snub a guy like Freddie Freeman who's playing every day, yeah, whose batting average is a little lower than maybe it's been in the past. But is hitting more home runs, um, is a solid glove. I mean, obviously he would more be a DH in this situation that we're talking. Yeah. But sorry, no, no, no. He's not having a tour bangers. He's batting three hundred. He's batting three oh four. Sorry. Yeah. I was I was his I've problem, looked at so many people's numbers. His problem is he's only hit eleven home runs. Freddie's problem was he had a crowded position when it came to the all star spot. He did, but why are we not putting him in as a DH yeah. if we're trying to, you know, get people to absolutely to like yeah. it? As opposed to putting, you get you know, Braves fans, Dodgers fans, casual fans, and yeah, Freddie Freeman. People is. love Freddie yeah. Freeman, and yeah. you're putting in Contreras. Yeah, so I'm not saying he's undeserving. Um, I think it's cool he got in. He's hitting the ball really well. Um, he's actually been doing a great job behind the plate as well. I know he's in there as a DH, but yeah, I would I would rather see a guy like Freddie Freeman in there just solely because of the fact that you know, bigger name, still hitting 300. Uh, I mean, the bottom line is there's not many guys in the league hitting 300. If you're hitting yep. 300 and you're a solid glove, you should be in the All-Star yep. game. And um, uh, I'm surprised there are Red Sox guys for you. know Trevor Story or J.D. Uh, JD so Martinez? So here's J.D. I'd have been a little upset about. The problem is with Story. Story's playing great defense. Yep. Um, but his hitting has been inconsistent. People want to see good hitting in the All-Star game. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm not huge on Story getting snubbed, despite his defense being yeah. you know, really good. And honestly, some Sox fans are going to be texting me about this. I would not be opposed – to Devers not getting the start. Whoa, okay. I would right. say Jose Ramirez, and here's the reason. Absolutely. They're, 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 hitting, yeah. they're hitting about the same. Yeah. Um, and Jose, really, ever since he had those two days where he missed a couple days for some minor injury, has come back and not played well. But before that, he was hitting almost as good as J.D. or Devers. I'm well, sorry, Devers is leading the league in hits. In baseball. And here's my problem with Devers. He's leading the league in hits, so by that stance, he should get a start. He's got a really good glove. But in the first inning of an All-Star game, I don't want to see an All-Star sell the ball 10 feet over first base head. Yeah. And that is what keeps him from being a five-tool player is his ability to throw the ball. Yeah. And that looks really bad the first inning of an All-Star game. Yeah. So just solely for that reason, I would rather Jose Ramirez start because Ramirez is not going to throw the ball 10 feet over, um, you know, Vladimir Green. Well, I'll say day. this, Philip. they got a built-in alibi now because they interview the players during the game. Maybe – just the off chance they're interviewing while that happens, and it sails over his head, and he can say, "Oh man, yeah, I was, I wasn't focused." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, usually I, I would be yeah. down for it. Usually, yeah. they interview the outfielder so that that doesn't happen. Yeah, but the outfielder's uh, not doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little more standing around. Less uh, outfielders too, they because they don't have a quick ball hit at them are a lot less likely to drop a profanity word on television. So that is it. But we have gone really long in this segment, so we are going to throw it to break. When we come back, we will have our. 
a Hold My Beer Monday edition right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. thegamecom to listen to the Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it! Or tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. If you suffer from joint pain, from arthritis, or an injury, you know the traditional treatments then. Pain meds, steroids, and then surgery, right? It's Patrick Johnson here. I've got great news. There's now a better way, and it's right here from local medical professionals at QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is the national leader in regenerative medicine. This is an advanced, exciting, and natural alternative that can give you lasting relief using your body's own healing power. Steroid shots, they're toxic on your joints. Pain meds are addictive. Nobody wants to go under the knife. It's 2022, and those old ways are passe. The new ways are in. Regenerative medicine can restore and repair damaged joint tissue using the natural biologics. No drugs, no downtime, no surgery. QC Connects regenerative protocols can address any pain in any joint and give you a quality of life that you deserve. So call now and schedule your free consultation. 252-765-PAIN. That's 252-765-PAIN. QC Kinetics, 252-765-PAIN. Hello, this is Sergeant Brad Taylor with the North Carolina State Highway Patrol. Have you ever thought about a career as a North Carolina State Trooper? We are currently looking to fill positions across the state, and your career could start with training as a part of the 158th or 159th Basic Patrol Schools beginning in early 2023. With competitive pay, great benefits, and having a daily positive impact on your community, now is the time to make the change. Find out more by visiting www.ncdps.gov or contact the local District Highway Patrol office in your area. Thank you and have a safe day. Attention business owners and management, Roebuck Staffing of Greenville and Newbern is here for you. Will Roebuck and his staff are committed to fulfilling your staffing needs. Whether you're a contractor, a manufacturing company, or if you just need janitorial or clerical work for your business. Roebuck Staffing also does temporary to permanent and direct hiring. Roebuck Staffing is your trusted partner for all of your staffing needs and employment opportunities. Call Roebuck Staffing at 252-364-8700 or find them online at roebuckstaffing.com. Looking to get engaged? Now is the time during Bailey's Fine Jewelry's spectacular Engagement Ring Blowout. This once-a-year event is happening July 16th through 23rd at all Bailey's locations. An expansive selection of engagement rings, loose diamonds, mountings, and wedding bands. Up to 60% off in Raleigh, Rocky Mount, and Greenville. Engagement rings near cost, at cost, even below cost. Bailey's Engagement Ring Blowout. July 16th through 23rd. Visit BaileyBox.com. Do you have something you need to get off your chest? Get off your chest. I am not here for rage. I'm here for revenge. Did your favorite team blow another game? They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Or is there just something that's driving you crazy? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to let it all out. You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. With another edition of Hold My Beer. Hold My Beer. All angry over this weekend. Philip Pilkington, B Baby, Ben Byram, intern Noah, intern Abby, all filling in for the P Man today. Ben, we will throw it to you first. What is your hold my beer and what went oh, on I'm this ready. weekend? I'm ready. It seems like the Hornets are mine every week, and it's just another saga in the Hornets lore when it comes to the 2022 disastrous offseason. And uh, maybe I'm overreacting a little bit, but Mark Williams, our first round pick. The guy that we pretty much traded Jalen Duren for, who's having double digits so far in the summer league and looking really good, uh, Mark Williams in his first summer league game scored a whopping five points. I get that we drafted him to be a defensive ace pretty much, a defensive anchor as a center, and we desperately needed that. But for a first-round pick who's highly touted coming out of Duke, obviously, Phillip, you can attest to this being a a, a Duke guy pretty much. I mean, you want to see some scoring in that aspect from your first-round pick, especially in the summer league. When you got 20 minutes. Yeah. Then in his next game, oh, you think that uh, he bounces back, huh? Mark Williams, you know, he's the future. 18 minutes, three points. What the hell are we doing here? Jalen Duren's dropping double digits for the Pistons. A guy I wasn't high on. Me and Phillip saw Jalen Duren in person. Was not impressed here when he was here in Minji's. Did not look like a lottery guy. Uh, looked like a later round, first rounder type. And uh, he's outplaying Mark Williams, who I thought could have been a top 10 pick this year. Um, I made a 
popular TikTok by my standards. Apparently, everybody's showing me up when it comes to TikTok. Um, yeah, I made a popular TikTok. So excited about Mark Williams. He's making me look like a fool once again. So, yeah, Mark Williams might hold my beer. Shut up, people. I know I'm, I'm sounding off here. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going a little long. All righty. Well, I mean, it's, it's hold my beer. I'm not going to sit here and fight you for it. So now we're going to go to Noah. Is it Mark Williams or is it something else? No, it's something else. Uh, for my hold my beer, it's the drive to Charlotte from Greenville. It, I took it this weekend. I left on Friday to go visit some friends for the weekend and came back yesterday. And both times, that was probably the worst part of my month was number one and number two, the drive to Charlotte and the drive from Charlotte. I missed probably three exits total and had to take U-turns on the highway, and it's about four and a half hours, four hours, four and a half hours, but it feels like 20, and there's nothing to look at, there's nothing to see, there's no gas stations anywhere, so if you want to stop, you're probably going to have to drive for another 30 minutes just to stop. Uh, I hate it, and honestly, Charlotte's not that great of a city either, but we can go into that later, so I don't know if the drive's even worth it. Um, I second that. When it comes to the drive, Charlotte, I think, is all right. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah the drive is brutal. It sounds like somebody just doesn't know how to use a GPS. Oh, my gosh. But if that's, yeah, if that's that, his, that could be it. That's his whole my beer. We can't argue with somebody's hold my beer. Hold my I, don't beer. Like, I don't like the drive to Charlotte. All right. Abby, it's up to you. What is your hold my beer for this weekend? Hi. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. <laughs> my hold my beer is how the Steelers renamed their stadium instead of the classic Heinz Stadium. It's now, like, a Chrisier, I couldn't even say the name, but it's a Michigan-based insurance company, which yeah, makes no sense. Exactly yeah. for a Pittsburgh team, I just feel like it. It like it's Heinz Field. Like that's been iconic as long as I've been alive. Personally, like it has the big. I just went to Heinz Field in December, and like that's their brand. Like I don't know Flexing how. I know I am. I sat in the thirty-degree weather. I'm gonna flex as hard as I can for that. But um, I just feel like um, they shouldn't change their name. But I had been reading into it, and I didn't really understand why Heinz, the company, decided not to redo their deal, I guess. Like, their deal was over, and they decided they didn't want to renew it. But I don't know why. I would love to chime in on that one, but it's her hold my beer. All I'm going to say is the ketchup at Heinz Field never made any sense to me. Why wasn't it mustard? The mustard would have fit a whole lot better, I thought. Well, Heinz I think makes it mustard, was. They, they do make mustard. That's what I'm saying. No, it was a ketchup bottle. Oh, yeah, the fact you said it's doing a mustard bottle. Yeah, a mustard bottle, bottle would have fit way better. Oh, because the team's yeah. yellow and mustard yeah, yellow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel I like, look, yeah. I don't know, all their branding there is in yellow. So, like, honestly, I felt like a dummy. Everyone was talking about the ketchup. But, like, when I think of Heinz Field, I immediately think of mustard as well. Because there's so much yellow there. Even the seats are yellow. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead, Philip. Here's my hold <laughs> my beer. Here's my hold my beer. Nick Kyrgios. What oh, tennis. a freaking disgrace to the game. And everybody's like, oh, I like him. No, you're a new tennis fan, okay? N- tennis That's is an me. old, respectful <laughs> sport. You're supposed to respect your opponent, not cuss at people in the crowd. You're not supposed to fake an underhand serve, have your opponent run up and then hit it over his head. I am a Nadal fan. I am not supposed to pull for Djokovic. I had no problem doing it yesterday. Against that jerk, Nick Kyrgios. He should have kicked off tour a long time ago. He's disrespectful. And then to add the add on to it, you're supposed to wear white at Wimbledon. He t- he puts a red hat on after the match, <laughs> and then he goes to shake Meghan Markle's hand, the princess, the Duchess of Cambridge, or whatever her official That's title it. is. Well, she isn't the princess anymore, is she? They didn't. Yeah. She's her. one of the princes. I don't. She's, no, yeah. no. She, the the one that got kicked. She's not the one that got kicked. Oh, okay, out. okay. Um, she is. But she are is, you which, talking about Kate? Oh, it's Middleton? Kate Middleton. Sorry, yeah. my bad. Kate Middleton. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> not good with this. Ro- Either yeah, way, yeah, yeah. it is a woman. And it is royalty, and he's shaking your hand and doesn't even take his hat off. All right, all like, right. was he raised in a barn? Were you not taught as a young man to take your hat off when you shake a woman's hand I'm for the get first you, time? I'm or really especially heated. royalty. Like, dude, show a little respect. Then he tries to go be a kiss butt in his post-match interview. No, dude, no one likes you. No one with any class likes you. Mm-hmm. This guy is an idiot, a disgrace to the game. Should have been kicked off tour a long time ago. Oh, I'm so wow. ticked that Nadal got hurt and wasn't able to beat his butt in the semifinals. Because this guy's just a punk. Look, That's my hold my beer. Look, Heck with Nick Curios. Those sports need a John Daly every No, they do while. not. Dude, yeah. tennis is too classy right, of a sport. We do not this. need this crap. What about John McEnroe and Chucklenuts there? Legendary Dude, tennis players. Yeah, but at least he just got mad and threw tantrums. There's plenty of guys that get mad and throw tantrums. It's different to disrespect your opponent. 
It's different to cuss your opponent during Doesn't the match. Doesn't sound like a leisurely game to me. Dude, it's it's still it's, it's an act of class. Like, I'm not trying to say McEnroe was the best, but there's guys that get mad all the time in tennis. I know we're wrapping up the show. I don't know how 30. many seconds we got left. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for our show today. We thank you for tuning in. Philip and Ben filling in for the P-Man. We thank interns Noah and Abby for all they did behind the scenes and on the mic. Have a good one, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. Greenville. Crystal clear FM Sports Talk 24-7, 365. Unless we forget to pay the power bill. Three, the game.